Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stable fans, Blue Stable Podcast, official Colts Podcast, a fan sided. And guys, I am your host, as always, Michael Terrazas. Unfortunately, today, Destin and Rashad decided to ditch me, decided to leave me hanging. Uh, Destin, you know, I, I guess had something better to do, I guess. I don't know. Rashad out there delivering uh, all kinds of packages and everything. But uh, they will not be part of the show today. It'll be me joined by a pretty good friend of mine. I consider him a great friend. I don't know what he considers me yet, but everybody, welcome Anthony Golick. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. All right. Well, hey, it has been a while since you and I sat down and talked football. Uh, it's It's been a while. I remember I first met you by having you on my show and then it, everything just clicked. Um, so, dude. Before we get into all get into all things Colts, man, you're you're a pretty big basketball fan, aren't you? Pretty big, man. Pretty Dude, big. what what do you what do you think of these NBA playoffs, man? You know, man, Western Conference is looking, you know, up in the air. Um, I think there's clear favorites in the Eastern Conference, but uh, you know, if we're being honest, um, you know, I didn't watch too much of the basketball season this year. I've obviously like like I'm pretty involved in the news. But um, as people know, I'm a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And it's, um, you know, it was a disappointing year for us. It was a rebuilding year. You know, we're purposely sitting out players, you know, um, for half the season. And it just, like, wasn't the same vibe for me. And, you know, I was in the process of moving out of my parents' house. And my dad at his house, he's got the NBA League Pass. And now I'm on my own. I live with my fiance. And we don't have that necessarily here. So it's kind of harder to watch the small market teams. But I do keep up with, with uh, what I can. And um, I think in the East, there's a few clear favorites. You know, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. And then um, in the West, you know, the Lakers, Clippers, uh, Phoenix. I put them in there. But I just think that they're the few clear favorites this year. And um, uh, I'd, I'd pick the Lakers this year to repeat. Oh, man, dude. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for the playoffs. I'm a huge Mavs fan. We're about to beat the shit out of the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> this is becoming one of the best rivalries in basketball that no one is talking about, by the way. Uh, but, man, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. Uh, Warriors and Lakers that – just one game, I'm scared for the Lakers, honestly. Yeah, Just one game, not a seven-game series, one game going up against 
Steph Curry. That I'm, I'm scared for the Lakers. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I, hey, man, we I had to ask the question. We're about to get into some football here. But I had to ask the question. Uh, I mean, you're a Thunder fan, so I would really, really appreciate it if you could advocate uh, the Thunder sending the Mavericks Lou Dort for a, for a second-round pick, you know. <laughs> second-round pick. He's, he's undrafted. No one yeah. knew of him, so you know he doesn't he doesn't have a big time market or anything. But uh, <laughs> if we can make that happen, man, we'll get it going. But guys, getting started with the show, we're gonna start off with Manscape, our sponsor. The Lawnmower 4.0 is officially here, and it is the best one yet. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code fansided20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, Anthony, man, the schedule is now out. It's a lot of Colts fans had a lot of complaining to uh, had a lot of complaining about it. But in my opinion, we've been knowing the opponents we were going to face. We, we've been knowing them. Uh, the schedule was going to be tough regardless of how it got mi- mixed up, but what were your initial thoughts when the schedule came out? Yeah, so uh, initial thoughts were, you know, I was seeing all these, like, PFF posts, like, easiest schedule of Colts, um, like, in the top five, but, man, that, that first five-game stretch is brutal, man. That is brutal. Playing, I'm uh, pretty sure, home against Seattle, home against the Rams, and you got Miami, Baltimore, Tennessee. That is ridiculous. So, um, I think um, – I just think we got screwed a little bit with the schedule. I really like the – I really like the um, the amount of primetime games that we got. Um, I'm not really too upset about not having more than one home primetime game. But um, I think that first five-game stretch, like I just said, that – like, I mean, it's going to be tough, but it's going to – it's going to um, tell whether – if we're a like really good team or like a great team, you know, cause everybody knows the Colts are going to be a really good team. Cause people are looking at us in that first five game. They're not taking us lately, you know, either. So people know that we're good, but they're going to find out how legit we are. If we handle this in a, in a great way, you know, walking out like three or two, four and one in this stretch, that's going to be, you know, ideal in my eyes, but the rest of the schedule, I think, I think it's fine. You know, uh, it's, it's nice, you know, playing Tennessee and – I mean, not Tennessee, but uh, Jacksonville and Houston twice a year now because, you know, they kind of suck. But, um, you know, it's just that first five-game stretch. I just think that it's, it's going to be tough. We're going to handle it. The rest of the schedule, uh, we have our games against tough teams, and I'm just excited for the whole uh, season in general. That con- that comment, they, they kind of suck, had me laughing, man. Uh, but, look, I think – I, I love the makeup of the schedule, honestly, because we knew who we were going to face. We knew we were going to have a tough schedule. The primetime games actually sort of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Indianapolis gaining some heat and then also adding a big media draw in Carson Wentz is big time. So it doesn't surprise me. And I even talked about, about this with the guys that adding Carson Wentz has to add something to the Colts, whether if it's a, 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 a name brand, whether if it's whatever the case may be, uh, more primetime games, and that's what that's what it is. A Sunday night game against San Francisco, that threw me off a little bit. I don't know what kind of history there is between San Francisco and Indy. I don't know what will draw them. If it's Trey Lance, bring it on. If it's Jimmy G, damn, we're winning that game. So I, I have all the confidence in the world in that. But what about Christmas, man? We got – the NFL is bringing Christmas Day games? I mean, what is this? Is is Roger Goodell trying to take Adam Silver's shine here, man? Yeah, man. Oh, man. Like, it's just a big Christmas uh, thing in my house to want to have the NBA on. Like I said, I'm a Thunder fan, so I'm used to I'm used to watching the Thunder every year when we had Durant and Westbrook. So, you know, it's just crazy that we're having these these Christmas Day games and and especially our opponent, like Arizona, like I wouldn't think that that they would put like a, a game against like a, an East Coast team like the Colts against a West Coast team, Arizona, on Christmas Day. You know, I'm just not used to the Colts, you know, being like this because last time that we were, you know, having all these primetime games was when I was a kid when Peyton Manning was playing, you know, like, I mean, not, not to like put any flack on 
when luck was here, we still got our primetime games, but mm-hmm. you know, it's still still not the same media publicity when from when Manning was last year. So, you know, I was just really surprised and I'm I'm really happy and pleased to see it. Dude, I love the fact that we got a Christmas game, man. That's gonna be prime time. Everybody's gonna be watching football. And I don't think the NBA is gonna take any any eyes away. The NFL rules, the NFL is the bread and butter of sports in America these days. And I mean, unless there's just the epic matchup going on and something happens in free agency in NBA, you know, like Kyle Lowry coming to Dallas and just whooping the shit out of the Lakers and Christmas day, you know, all that good stuff then maybe, but man, when it comes, I like certain parts of the schedule. The, the bye week in week 14 is very, Oh man, that's questionable. I probably would have liked it to be like maybe 11 or 12, but damn, dude, the the league did not do us any justice. Getting that home primetime game against the Jets, easy win. They don't have a quarterback still. I don't care who the hell they just drafted. They still don't have a quarterback. Uh, So that'll be an easy dub. And I'm looking at getting Tampa Bay at home is going to be big time. And I love the fact that it's not the last game of the season because you assume Tampa Bay is going to be resting a lot of guys and that's going to take some shine away from the game. But this is going to be when both teams are trying to win. And I'm ready, dude. I'm the type that I want to face the best. I don't care what, how soft of a schedule, how tough of a schedule or who we face in the playoffs. I want to face the best. And I honestly, man, I'm jumping for joy at this schedule. So the first five games, are you good or not? I don't need to hear that you needed to start the season off with two easy games to get yourself into play. And then, you know, let's see if you're good. No, from week one to week 17, not week 14 to 17, not week six to 17. It is week one to week 17. That's where we judge football games. So I, I love the makeup man week two the rams i'm going to that game purchased my ticket already i mean section 404 guys the blue stable section catches all there uh not everyone at once because i'm not trying to get kicked out because of you know spacing issues and everything but uh check us out there make sure you're getting your tickets anthony are you, are you coming to a game this year i am so i am actually going to be at the home opener against seattle um you know i was I was thinking about what game to go to. I was thinking about Tampa Bay, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because it is also uh, – they came out – I think it was yesterday or today. They said uh, it's going to be the game where uh, Robert Mathis gets inducted into the Hall of – I mean, not the Hall of Fame, the Ring of Honor. So, you know, these guys are going to come super juiced up. But I was thinking about that game, but – uh, I've never been in Indy before, and I just feel like uh, the fans are going to be really, like – um, excited because I know Jim Irsay, he wants everybody uh, to be at this game. Um, we're going for full capacity. It's what he said, at, at least, because last season was, a, um, you know, it, the social distancing thing. But um, I'm just really excited to get to this game. I feel like everybody's itching to get back in the stands. And it's it, it's, it's against a quality opponent. And so um, that's, that's the game I'll be going to. There's a lot of eyes uh, on Indy. And especially early in the season, there's going to be a lot yeah. of excitement. Uh, I've never been to Indy either, man. I'm from, I'm from Texas. You know, this, I, I've been to at and stadium up, up the road, two hours away, like 10 freaking times. Uh, I want to see a new stadium Yeah, and being able to connect with some of the guys, with some of the fans down there in Indy, man, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be, Oh man, I can't, I can't wait, man. Uh, yeah, I can't wait either, man. Like, uh, I, I also forgot to mention, I also will be at the Buffalo game. So I right now I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm like we're like right in the middle of Cleveland, Pittsburgh, all that Buffalo, all that. I'm like literally right in the middle of all three. So not playing Cleveland or Pittsburgh this year, but I will be making the hour and a half drive to Buffalo, New York for a playoff rematch. That's gonna be a hostile environment. Like especially with Bills Mafia in the stands, like like my dad, my grandpa, they've been to, you know bunch of bills games in the past because they're Steelers fans and they're like man you never wear like the opposing teams like you know jerseys and stuff at bills in, in the bill stadium I'm like man I, I, I want that man I want to I want to wear my cold stuff come on man like I want I want that so that's gonna be a good game too well I sure hope it doesn't snow because buddy you will be out of luck if it does oh yeah <laughs> uh, 
I remember I went out to the to the Cowboys Thanksgiving game when they played Buffalo. Dude, man, Buffalo fans are probably the most annoyingest bunch of fans <laughs> ever, dude. Like that freaking chant is so annoying. I can't even remember it, but it was some chant that they kept saying over and over the walk to the stadium, going up the stadium, going down the stadium in the concessions at halftime. Jesus, man. Oh, my gosh. I could not stand that. Whatever chant it was, glory to, to them. Had a great season, obviously, on the come up. But moving on here with the schedule, what are your predictions right now? Of course, it's early. We don't know what the roster is going to look like, how guys are going to look in preseason. So where are you at prediction-wise? Oh, man. Wow. Uh, right now, I'm predicting I want to stay 12-13 win season. That's bold. But it's it's pretty bold. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it only because you know last year coming into the year, you know, you covered last season with me. You know, there was a bunch of a bunch of guys were coming into the locker room, so we already had the, our tight knit group. But you know, you know, like DeForest Buckner, he had to work the, he had to work his way into the scheme. You know, in that first game against Jacksonville, he was non-existent. We're like, why do we trade for this guy? You know, Twitter went crazy. Ballard was getting destroyed by, you know, the NFL Twitter experts, you know. So I just think that everybody's like in the, in the system, been in the system for a year. Um, and I think that we can get off to a hot start. You know, last year we got off to a little bit of a cold start, but I think that we can get off to a hot start this year and really just, you know, put the foot on the gas and go because my, my favorite argument is Philip Rivers. He played great last year. I'm not taking anything away from Philip Rivers, but that man was a statue and he was limiting Frank Reich's playbook playbook. And I don't care if Carson Wentz is freaking limping out there. He's still going to move better than Philip Rivers did. He's going to escape the pocket and at least, you know, create plays. So I think with, with a more limited playbook, you know, people have to respect Jonathan Taylor and the RPO now. And I just think that, if we can get it off to a to a to a hot start here, I think that there's no limits this team has. You know, like we have, we're gonna have the defense, we're gonna have the offensive line, we're gonna have the running game. We're just missing that piece. And if Carson Wentz is great, um, I'm predicting a great year for us. I, I'm not mad at the record. Uh, it, that is very bold. 12-13 with the schedule, and it's such a weird, a weird record. 13 and four, 12 and five. It's so weird man like i i truly hope we move away from 17 games go back to 16 or if we stay with 17 let's get the teams to bye weeks like this is this is ridiculous man uh i am probably gonna surprise you may not surprise my listeners because i said this last week and i'm gonna double down right now i am going with seven and ten i'm going with seven and ten because on paper man, dude, I like the makeup of the team. I like the pieces. And, you know, like you said, the Twitter experts always want to criticize Ballard and he didn't get the big name or whatever uh, you want to say. He didn't get Galladay. He didn't try for Robinson, whatever the case may be. But I have to sit down and I got to say, when, when, when week one comes, we're not comparing rosters anymore. We're going to step in between the lines and we're going to play some football. And right now, you make a good point about Carson and Phillip. You know, instead of having an RPO system, Frank Reich had a PO system with Phillip Rivers because he was never going to run. He was always going to pass. So Carson Wentz, he's got to show us who he is. He's got to. His career has been inconsistent, has shined many times, has had many great games, but there's a cloud that is over him that he needs to shake. He needs to get rid of and get off. Uh, so his question is his play is in question right now, how the left tackle position goes the first, what three, four games. I mean, my guy, we're, we're facing freaking Aaron Donald week two. I mean, my goodness, if Aaron Donald is, I can almost guarantee you Aaron Donald is going to line up at defensive end that whole game. Yeah. He, I mean, what, I mean, send 21 personnel the whole way to the left. Get Sam Tevy, get Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox to triple team him. And if Aaron Donald inevitably just blows by them, Jonathan Taylor can at least pick him up maybe. I 
I, I don't know. So I'm looking at that perspective. I, I love the running game. I love the offensive line, the weapons. I, I'm expecting big things from Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell. Hopefully he can get some stuff going. Uh, it's not his fault he's been injured, but the biggest thing, man, on on the defense, I, we addressed it, bringing in Isaac Rochelle, drafting Quiddy Pay, drafting Dio, who won't be available till two, 2022. That's still a question mark. Pass rush is still a question mark. Just because you add players at that position does not mean you've solved that position. That's that's how it goes until we reach game day or really until we reach maybe week 10 uh, when we find out who these guys are. Quiddy Pay, I feel like Quiddy Pay is going to get a lot of hate this year because so many Colts fans are going to expect him to be a 12-sack guy. Like as a rookie, drafted at 21 overall i mean he's not chase young even chase young didn't get 12 sacks absolutely not and i mean what what would you say to fans that are already thinking high expectations for quitty in 2021 yeah like you said um chase young he only probably had i want to say seven and a half and like he was like he was like a a generational i'm I'm not gonna say generational but he was like a he was like a freak um, of real, nature. A freak of nature, you know. And and he has, like, a really good set of pass rush moves. And, like, the knock on this guy, Quiddy Pay, was he has the athleticism. He has the traits. He's a freak of nature. But he doesn't have, like, a refined set of pass rush moves. So if he didn't have a refined set of pass rush moves, why in the world would he get 12 sacks against NFL tackles? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. And if you th- and, and you have to think about who he's – what whose spot he's taken over? He's taken over Justin Houston's spot, and from day one, Quiddy Pay is going to be an elite run stopper. It's just what he is. He's going to be an elite run stopper, and you know Justin Houston. He didn't have a good sack amount of sacks last year, but he was a pretty good run stopper. So you have to think about it in that in that sense. You know, um, if you watch the with the next pick series, if you look at Pay and Dio, basically what they're doing. Is is they're comparing and how they can replace Autry in Houston, and basically that's that's kind of the production that we're expecting this year. Even if Dio plays like second half of the year, that's kind of the you know the spots that we're going to see him in. But Quiddy Pay, I'm honestly expecting less. I'm I'm going to say five six sacks this year. I'm not expecting in the the, the sack numbers I'm not going to be looking at too much. I'm going to be more looking at say pressures and I'm going to look at him in the run game because he can be productive without getting sacks. But like you said, he's going to get a lot of hate unnecessarily because he was a first round pick, but I got faith in him and I don't I don't think he's going to do too crazy in the sack department, but I think he'll be pretty yeah, I mean, you also have the other guys that have been here for a while. Ben Bandigu, Kamoko Toure, Taekwon Lewis. I mean, you, you kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say confused, but Chris Ballard has added a lot of competi- competition to this defense, man, I got to say. And, you know, getting getting back to why I said 7 and 10, there's question marks, man. There's too many question marks for me to come out and say, you know what, this team is 12 wins. This team is 11 wins. No, I mean, on paper, I love it. I love the potential. On paper, this is Super Bowl written all over it. All over it. From top to bottom, one of the best, if not the best roster in the league, depending on how the talent shapes up and the season goes. But uh, 7 and 10 is where I'm going to stay. Linebackers, depth. At linebacker, what's that going to look like? Xavier Rhodes, can he – this is one of Destin's points. Can he uh, repeat that same kind of production in 2021 the way he did in 2020? TJ Carey, is he going to have another solid season? Marvell Tell, what jump is he going to make? Rocky Sin, he needs to really assert himself into this role, depth chart, franchise, whatever you want to say, because I feel like – Honestly, this is a make or break year f- for him. I honestly feel like, and Chris Ballard at the end of the year said that a lot of people want to judge a guy on a one play performance, but no, you got to go, you got to go one by game. And the thing about rock is he's been inconsistent. He's had great times where he is in great coverage. Other times where he just got flat out beat. Cause he's second guessed. He bit on the fake. He bit on the inside move and the guy bounced it out. Wh- whatever the case may be. 
there's too many question marks. I love the safety tandem we have, Kari, Julian. I think it's there to come, uh, their time. I think it's our tandem for years to come, and I'm excited about that. So I'm not sure if you had anything else to speak on this subject in terms of schedule, predictions. If you didn't, then we can move on to our next topic. Yeah, I'm good to go. Let's move on. All right, so our next topic is sponsored by One Call Technology. One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100 plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installations and service, managed telecom service provider, telecom carrier management, high speed internet. Head on over to One Call's website at www onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the blue stable sent you so now our next topic anthony is going to be getting into eric fisher we have a new left tackle all right we don't know when he's going to play he might be ready week one we don't know but eric fisher from kansas city released shockingly and made his way on over to the Indianapolis Colts, man. What were your initial thoughts when the news broke? Yeah, so um, obviously uh, we needed that that uh, fill that void at left tackle, and I was pretty uh, I was pretty happy with Eric Fisher. You know, when he's healthy, he's pretty good. You know, the difference between you know him and Sam Tevy is pretty pretty big, and um, uh, obviously you know everybody was talking about his health. Um, it's, it's a question mark. It's a big question mark, but, uh, the fact that, um, the fact that Chris Ballard, he trusts his signing, um, it, sh- it shows that they're confident about his health. Um, last year, uh, w- one of Frank Reich's guys, cause Frank Reich, evidently it was reported that he said, go out and beat your guy, Eric Fisher. Last year, one of Frank Reich's guys was Trey Burton and Trey Burton. He didn't play the entire season but when he did he was somewhat productive like he did fade out but like I remember that game against I think it was the Bengals when we were down 21 nothing I think he scored two touchdowns in that game but he was still productive so um I just think that the trust level between him and and Frank Frank Reich are really like they're really comfortable with, with each other and the fact that Eric Fisher came in and he, you know, looked great, you know, when he was doing all the height and weight and stuff, because, you know, nothing was set in stone, you know. Indy could, you know, easily just, you know, send him home easily if if all the um, the health stuff didn't check out. And I just think that they have to be confident about his return if they were making this signing, because if they weren't, they weren't, you know, they just like you said, they seen that week two schedule. And they don't want Sam Tevy going against Aaron Donald. They want, you know, a really good player going up against Aaron Donald. And even if you want to, you know, compare like the next few weeks after, like the Dolphins have a talented defensive line. The Ravens have a talented defensive line. Even Tennessee, you know, we're facing our old guy, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, who they just picked up. So they're not going to go through that first stretch of games. Our toughest schedule of I mean, our toughest stretch of the season is that first stretch of games. And they're not going to send Sam Tevy out to die or Will Holden out to die in that first set of games. So they have to be confident about Eric Fisher. And I'm, I'm really happy with the signing personally if he comes back healthy and at the same level of production. Hey, we got to put some respect on Will Holden's name now, all right? He's actually better than Chaz Green. LaRaven Clark, Sam Tevy oh, yeah. combined, in my opinion. He I mean, is, yeah. Will Holden, in my opinion, really should have got a shot to play for the starting role. And, hey, I maybe agree. he just might. He might perform better than Sam Tevy and get those first two, three, four games to show off his ability. So, hey, put some tape on for your future free agency. <laughs> Go on and get get your payday, man. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not mad at it. With Eric Fisher uh, – can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's been said that someone uh, can't remember if it's Ballard or Wright, but they want it to be a multi-year thing. If Eric Fisher can come back and show that he can be a good left tackle, I'm not going to disrespect Anthony Costanzo and expect Eric Fisher or compare him to Anthony Costanzo. Anthony Costanzo was better than Eric Fisher. 
Chris Ballard called him a top five left tackle, which he was. So I'm not going to talk about Eric Fisher filling Anthony Costanzo's shoes, but if he can just be a top 10 left tackle, man, this offensive line is well taken care of. Carson Wentz is going to be well taken care of. It's all on the writing. It's what am I trying to say here? Eric Fisher has a great opportunity in front of him playing against the best offensive lineman in football, that attitude, that just the way you carry yourself, I feel like is just going to change when you step around Quentin Nelson. That's the thing. And like you said, all the medicals, the physical, all that checked out. If that didn't check that check out, maybe it was believed that Charles Leno was going to come to Indianapolis. He is now in Washington. My second team, by the way, um, so I'm I'm happy with the signing. One year, $9 million. There's no risk. Uh, it's not a multi-year thing. If it doesn't work out, then boom, you cut your losses. You didn't really lose anything. Uh, so Because that money wasn't going anywhere. It was basically just going to get eaten up by the league because you didn't use it. So, hey, I mean, again, no risk. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be incentives if you start this amount of games, make the playoffs, make the Pro Bowl, of course, all that stuff. So I'm pretty pretty content with it i'm happy about it when fisher and schwartz were released by kc i immediately said this has got to change the conversation uh i said that i don't think it's going to change ballard's plans because we all assumed that he would go to the draft to you know get his left tackle which did not happen by the way and i said i wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen uh even that was a shocker to me. Even if I said that, I'm still surprised that he didn't go one. Getting Will Fries, he's going to be a guard in my opinion. He's got the guard skill set. So waiting it out, Eric Fisher, it, it just made too much sense. Chris Ballard was on the staff in KC when they got Fisher. He Ballard studied him. He knows him, and he knows he can fit in this scheme. So I I'm great. I am at a, I'm in a good place with the signing and I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it, man. Yeah. Like you said, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it too. And, you know, I remember just sitting in the stands in Houston last year, you know, I'm sitting in the stands, I'm on the Colts sideline and I seen LaRaven Clark go down in the first quarter. And then it was JJ Watt against Chaz Green all game. And man, that was just hurtful to watch. You know, I just needed I needed something done, you know, just to satisfy just like my my personal needs. Because, man, I, I was watching that. So I'm like, man, up, up, up to that point in, in the uh, season, you know, J.J. Watt stunk. You know, everybody was calling him watch. This dude wasn't doing anything. His sack numbers were down. And he was eating Chaz Green alive. So I'm just glad that we've found, a, like, even if it's short or long term, you know, a good replacement. Because let's just say all hell goes wrong. And Eric Fisher gets hurt again. You know, maybe we can turn to next year's draft if we're looking for a left tackle. Because from my understanding, they were actually looking for one. But, you know, their guys, you know, weren't in that, you know, range. Like, for example, if the Giants draft Quiddy Pay with the 20th pick and Christian Darisol on the board, we're looking at a whole different story right now. So, you know, you have to look at it that way. So I'm not going to rule anything out right now, you know, long-term, short-term deal, but I like the signing so far. And speaking, I mean, you noted it earlier, Frank Wright comes out and he bangs the table for these guys. And that's what Frank Wright talked about uh, at minicamp availability for, for the coach talking about, you know, he was always, you know, he's not afraid to put his neck out there for players. He believes in, you know, pounding the table for Carson Wentz, pounding the table for Eric Fisher, going and begging to draft Kylan Granson. And you you see what, what this guy is doing? Honestly, man, I love it. I am in love with Frank Reich, man. I, I love the fact that he comes out, he begs for the players that he wants. That way, you know, if something comes out, don't blame Chris Ballard, blame me. If for some reason it does not work out, I begged for it. I pounded the table. I literally stood there and advocated for these guys. Getting in big-time pieces, Fisher, Wentz, 
Granson. I mean, we we assume Granson is going to play a large role, which is what it seems like. Um, another thing that we were talking about, Quiddy, I do want to say to other Colts fans, the guy is a rookie. He played at SMU. There wasn't I, – I wouldn't – I don't want to seem like I'm speaking ignorantly here, but I would like to think, in my opinion – that there wasn't too much development going on at SMU for Granson. Now that is my opinion. I'm not quoting anyone. I'm not, I didn't hear anything. No, it's just my opinion. So coming in as a rookie guys, he's not going to be a 1000 yard receiver. He's not going to be the next Darren Waller immediately guys. Come on now. I mean, sitting here and saying Granson's going to light it. I mean, guys, come on. He's a rookie. Um, So man, what does this in Anthony, what would this do for the team to know that you have a guy who is the leader of your team, who is pounding the table for guys to come in. He believes in these guys. What do you think that does for a team in Indianapolis? Yeah. It just, there's just like a whole new fire that's just igniting this team, you know, um, like him excited. It just gets, the players excited. Like, like we said, you know, Philip Rivers last year, he was, he was at the end of his career. He was, you know, who knows what could have been going on in his mind. He could have been thinking, oh, should I go or should I stay? You know, and you were on that conference call with me with Frank Reich when we had the opportunity uh, to speak to him. And first thing I said to him, I mean, it wasn't my only question, but first thing I said to him was like, how excited is Philip Rivers? Because they could be in this different mindset. And the fact that Frank was so, you know, excited about having him in, that made Philip excited. And that just, it just boosts everybody up in the locker room. You know, everybody sees what's going on on social media. Everybody wants, like, say, this guy. We want, you know, when, when Philip Rivers was struggling, they say, you know, we want this guy out of here, trade for somebody, or we want Jacoby Brissett to start, which obviously didn't work the year before. But, you know, Frank Rice like, nah, I'm sticking with my guys. I got faith in my guys. And I just feel like it's just a different feeling than when Coach Pagano was here. And that's not not a no hate to Chuck Pagano, but I mean I hate to say this, but like the most like the most motivated the team was was when he like had leukemia and they were playing for him. But like other than that, like like from top to bottom, like I'm not saying including Ursay in this, because Ursay, I I feel like he's a great owner, but from Gregson down, like there was no real like sense of urgency, you know, but now I feel like there's a real sense of urgency and you can tell these guys want to win, you know, if, if we want to stay complacent and, and if we want to stay being decent, you know, he's not going to go out and, you know, make all these moves that he did. Like if, if we, if, if he wanted to, you know, play it safe, he could have traded back into the second round and he would have, you know, drafted, you know, who, who knows, who knows who, who, who he would have drafted. But, you know, I just I just feel like it's just a different feeling in the locker room. And I'm just like I'm, I'm like motivated as a fan. You know, I'm I'm just excited. You know, after after meeting the guy, you met the guy. I think he's a great guy. And I just feel like it's just a different feeling that we're going to be having in the locker room for a while. You know, everybody last year wanted him fired. But I, I'm like, come on, man. Like, come on. The craziest thing about that. Remember in 2019 where the Colts defense was just getting annihilated every week. Everybody was saying fire Matt Eberflus. And then the very next year they said fire Frank Reich and promote Matt Eberflus. Yeah. That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Um, So Frank Reich is the guy that brings energy. He brings motivation. He's a guy that you want to play for. And you're absolutely right. No hate to Chuck Pagano, but come on, man. I mean, I, he would be the probably maybe one of the worst car salesmen ever. Like I would probably get bored trying to buy a car. I would probably just go to another dealership and maybe that Chuck Pagano could be selling me the truck of my dreams and he would put me to sleep and I would go buy some other cheap truck from somewhere else that I wasn't prepared to buy. Maybe, but I just can't. The things that an energetic coach does for a team to know that this guy believes in me, this guy banged on the table for me to come here, that's a guy that I want to step on the field with. 
That's a guy that I want to step on the field and play for. I'm going to come to work every day and put my very best foot forward. And I, I, I honestly can't wait, dude. I mean, there's so many additions here. Uh, I mean, it, it just, I just had to ask the question because Frank Wright, we know Frank Wright, like you said, we got to meet him as one of the highlights of, of my life, getting to meet Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. But just to know that he believes in every single one of his guys. He believes that they can get the job done. I absolutely love it. Getting to our last topic of the day, guys. We don't want to keep Anthony around too long. We know he's got a lot of busy, busy life, busy life. All right, guys, he's much busier, more famous than we are. So we got to let him uh, stay on his time limit here. But so in our last uh, segment of the day, the Colts minicamp has begun. All right. And Ryan Kelly came out. He is a rep for NFLPA, one of the biggest leaders for the NFLPA. And meeting with Chris Ballard, meeting with the team, they came to an agreement that for minicamp, the team will be together for these two weeks. And for the rest of June, uh, July, they will not be in the Colts facility. I don't believe they'll be in Indianapolis. I I don't have that confirmed yet, but all I know is that there will be no activities from the players until training camp starts. So what does this say? It First off, it shows that the Colts are once again a first-class organization. For Chris Ballard, Frank Craig to come and say, you know what? You guys take your time. Just be here for the many camps. Everything else, you don't have to come to. Stay home. Be with your family. You know, you can train. You can do all that stuff. Do what Ryan Kelly needs to do in his time off. Take care of what you need to take care of. All that stuff. You just don't see that in sports anymore, man. You don't see organizations backing up their team. And the fact that this organization stood up and said, you know what? We give in. Not even we give in. We agree with your demands. We agree with the proposal you brought to us. We agree with it. So we will see you at training camp. We're about to we're about to haul ass in minicamp. We're about to put our best foot forward. We're about to get acclimated, acclimated with one another. And then we'll take a break, come back at training camp, and all hell's about to break loose. So I I honestly love it. I love it for the mere fact that, I mean, it's just so nice these days to be a fan of a first-class organization that backs up their players. That's one of the biggest things. So, Anthony, do you see or have a problem with with any of this that that's uh, gone on between you know the you know Ryan Kelly speaking up for the team and Chris Ballard? Yeah, not in the slightest, man. I absolutely love this. You know, um, I think it was last week. It was made public that the Broncos were uh, pissed off because uh, that offensive tackle. He like I want to say he either tore his Achilles or tore his ACL working out at an uh, offsite location, and that received so much backlash around the NFL because I think they're gonna pull his contract, which is ridiculous. And they were like, "Man, like are you guys like not expecting this guy to work out? Like, like, like how's he supposed to stay in shape? Stuff like that." And right. it's just it's just a response to like I want to say like all all of that just like you know what, like, we're going to trust our guys. They're going to work out. They're going to stay in shape. But when it comes time for mini camp and training camp, like, it's all business. And these these guys are always itching to come back. So I think it's even better in a way because if you look at a guy like Leonard, Leonard's always itching to get on the field. And, you know, the anticipation until training camp, you know, like, that guy is going to want to be so motivated at training camp because, you know, some of these teams who are just – working out, you know, there's not like a real fire there for training camp, you know, like um, the, the, uh, the vets. The penciled in starters. Yeah. Yeah. The penciled in starters, yeah. like these guys, these guys like aren't usually, you know, excited for training camp. These guys are just like, you know what? Like, it's just something I got to go to. Of course it's a new year and new start, everything that's exciting. But you know, these, those guys know their place. It's more of like a thing for rookies and stuff like that to show themselves the, 
the new guys, but guys like Leonard and like Kenny Moore, especially Kenny Moore, that dude's got such a big chip on his shoulder. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NFL, best player that nobody knows about. And like guys like that, they're going to be itching to get in that facility and they're going to be going super hard. So I think just the motivation like this year with the team, it just shows like, I think we're ready for, for a big run. It, it may happen. It may not happen. Even with Carson Wentz, you, you guys, you guys seen all, uh, all the stress that he was going through in Philadelphia. And he was, he looked miserable last year, but he was just at, I want to say like one of the racing events in Indy, they put him on the mic. This guy is motivated to be here. He loves this city already. He hasn't stepped a foot on Lucas Oil Stadium yet. So he's even, even the quarterback, he is excited to be here. So I'm just, I'm just super excited about how we're handling everything. And the motivation is just great to me. See, I don't, I don't even like what happened in Denver, man. Like the fact that, you released a player for working out, trying to better himself to come into work because that's what it is. Come into work to secure a job to feed his family. You fired him for that and then came out. And I can't remember what press release it was in, but in the contract, I believe it states that if you're injured at the team facility, then all the money that you're guaranteed and, and so forth and so on, you will still get that. But if you're injured at an off-site location, you don't get anything. And the fact that that's a thing, I hate Thank that. You. How are you going to punish me for... Tell for, for basically working out, trying to better myself. How how can you do that to, to a guy that you drafted, that you scouted, you came in, you told that guy, we're going to take care of you. And then you go and treat him like this. I mean, I love the fact that there was backlash because of this, because this stuff needs to change, yeah. man. This stuff needs to change. The, the, the organizations are trying to run so much stuff. I get it. Uh, keep some control but that's not the way you keep yeah. control man you can't sit there and say hey you do what we tell you and you get paid that's th that's not the case yeah that's just not it these guys come into work on Sundays they have very very strict schedules and the fact that you just want to put this stuff on a player I can't imagine what J1 James is going through right now yeah uh, me neither. the anger the frustration the stress I mean that that's still he was a starter for your team and you cut him yeah. because he got injured trying to get better i mean if he went off and went to a club got into a fight and got hurt okay you got me but the guy was simply working out he was simply trying to better himself and you take away what he earned like, that's what we got to pay attention to. The Denver Broncos took away what James already earned. I hate that. Yeah. And, and you know, we're just going back to how Indianapolis is a first-class organization. We're going to look at, like, let's just say Marlon Mack, first week of the year, he tore his Achilles. You know, we could have kicked him to the curb. We could have, you know – you know, Chris Ballard could have handled the situation differently. This could have been an ugly Eric Ebron situation. But, you know, he's a first-class guy. He was throwing his rookie deal. He didn't have to come back. But, you know, they treated they treated him with class. And, you know, that's – I just feel like we're – right now we're setting – we're setting an example of how to treat players and how to run an organization top to bottom. You know, that Denver situation is basically – it's the the – Upper level management is kind of like how Ryan Gregson was, but but now we're we're just looking at we're we're just looking at you know how Indy does things and the NFL. I'm not gonna get into this because it's a whole other conversation. But the NFL, they the owners are like more, I don't know, like the the term like like basketball player the views like slave owners. You know what I mean? Like in quotation slave owners, because like. 
you know, it's basically just like, yeah. do whatever I say or I'll cut you, you know? And I was looking at stuff in the draft, like the, the Steelers GM was talking about like, you know, we'd rather take a player that played in 2020 than opted out because we want basically that's, that's basically telling everybody else. Like we want a yes, man. We want somebody that's going to, you know, he's not going to do his best for himself. He's going to say yes to whatever we want to do. You know, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole nother thing, but I just feel like we, we treat our players with class and other owners are acting that way. But Mr. Ursay, he does a great job. Chris Bowd, he does a great job. And you know, the, that thing in Denver just, it shows you how exactly like the opposite of how you handle situations. Yeah, man. I think we wholeheartedly agree on that. And I'm just guys just get taken care of it. And you're right. I believe Marlon Mack was the first free agent signing for the Colts. I believe just a running back was the first guy taken care of in Chris Ballard's book. That's all you got to say. I believe after him, it was Isaac Rochelle, and just, just, just a slew of other guys that got taken care of. But the fact that Marlon Mack was the first one to get taken care of just speaks volume to the guy he is, the athlete, the player he is. Because let's all be honest, man, he's he was tearing it up and unfortunately had an injury. Now he's number three on the depth chart. So, hey, I mean, guys, this has been fun. It's been a great debate. Anthony, I know we got to let you go, man. Uh, thank you. It was sort of last minute, but thank you, man, for jumping on. Thank you for, uh, you know, taking it back to the past, talking some football with you again, dude. I hope this isn't the last time we see you. But, uh, you know, where where can we find you on Twitter? All right. So um, my username on Twitter for my personal account is going to be AG Splash underscore. So that's just going to be AG Splash underscore. And then I also have a podcast. Um, it's called Colts Beat. It's on the Say It Again Network. Um, that's just S-I-A, Colts Beat, on Twitter. Um, and everywhere else on my social medias, um, it's just my name, Anthony Gulick, uh, no spaces. And then, obviously, I have my link tree um, there with all of my work. So you'll find every article and podcast I've ever done there just to promote myself um, a little bit so people I'm also a writer I don't know if it was mentioned earlier so um, I do write articles about the Colts and you can also find me in Michael's previous episodes every episode that I've ever been on with Michael in the past it's there um, anywhere on social media just my name and then on Twitter it's the same all right guys well he is Anthony Gulick from the say it again network Colts beat I am Michael Tarazas and guys thank you again for tuning in to this episode hopefully Destin and Rashad will be joining us Thursday. Uh, man, I did miss those two, uh, but it was definitely, definitely great to sit down with Anthony and talk football again, guys. So, guys, we will see you later on this week. Stay blessed. Have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.